the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with one of my mentors, a wonderful woman of God that has been uh, just uh, just a, a blessing to me and to Love Never Fails over the last few years, um, actually since we started. Uh, we have with us Nola Brantley, the founder and CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. Welcome to the show, Nola. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. Absolutely. Well, so Nola, just a little bit about Nola. So Nola is actually a Love Never Fails advisory board member. She um, uh, did us a solid and came up for our recent advisory board annual advisory board meeting. Which your you know the insight that you shared was just a wealth of of uh, knowledge and as usual and just super helpful as we set the strategy for the years to come. But one of the things, you know, yeah, this was so much in line with who you are. Um, You say here in your bio, your, what you are most passionate about is unconditional love for your community. And that is your driving force. And you've been advocating for child sex trafficking victims and survivors since 2005, uh, being and you are you know one of the nation's leading advocates, uh, co-founder 2017 of Missy, an organization in Oakland. As most of our, my listeners know, oh, I'm sorry, 2007, 2007. Yes, it's been um, it's been a while. So 2007, uh, co-founded Missy, and um, Missy is a, a, in Oakland, dedicated to serving youth sex trafficking victims and survivors. Actually, has expanded quite a bit. You know does transitional age youth and education and a variety of other things. But that's, you know, that was the focus initially. And when you were uh, leading there, uh, you served over a thousand victims and survivors in Alameda County and trained over 15,000 professionals across the state. Yes, we did. Ah, yes. Woo. Awesome. And it was then that I met you. 
And um, we're going to talk a, a little bit about Nola Brantley Speaks, but before we do, I just want to kind of talk about the early days. It was then that I met you. I actually saw you speaking somewhere, and I said, wow, this this woman is a powerhouse. She is. She believes what she's saying, and she has a wealth of knowledge to share. Uh, and, 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 and so, you know, tell us a little bit about what got you started. Why did you, why were you a co-founder of Missy? How did that all, all start? Yeah, well, the way it really all started for me in terms of, you know, eventually becoming a co-founder of Missy and the first executive director was really through my work I was doing in the city of Oakland at the time through the George P. Scotland Youth and Family Center. Mm. And so in doing that work there, which I, I, I initially came into the community to focus on really parenting because that's really all I knew that I had to offer at the time because I had been at home parenting my own two children and running a, a small family daycare from home at that at that time in my life. And when I went to work at the Scotland Center, I thought I would only be working there for a short time because the parenting program had been cut um, in the funding department by 60%. So someone really just gave me an opportunity. They said, you'll be teaching a weekly parenting class, and, you know, just do a good job at that, and it may not be more than a year long, you know, in terms of your job. And when I got into the community, it just was such a natural uh, fit for me. I grew up in a community that struggled with so many of the issues that they were struggling with in West Oakland at the time, from poverty to drug addiction to, uh, you know, violence, um, the sexual abuse, the list goes on. And so when I came to work at the Scotland Center, instead of just teaching that one parenting class, which is what they really brought me there to do because of the funding cut, I started to create all kinds of programs in response to the community needs. And so by the end of that first year, I actually had created a six-program department that I was able to name the Youth and Family um, Enrichment Department. Mm. And so it was really through that position that we were doing different work, and a lot of it was around child abuse prevention, including even having the young boys be bussed down from Camp Sweeney to use the baby simulator dolls to show them kind of what it would be like to be a father when they got out into the community. We were going into the Cal Sweat classrooms and working with the teenage moms as well as having parenting classes at the center. But in the midst of doing all of this work, um, the issue of children being what we were calling teenagers in prostitution at the time came to my attention through my work at the Scotland Center. One of the programs that we had there as well was a counseling program for kids who ran away. Mm. So it was one of the kids who had run away who was picked up by Oakland Police Department who was then being brought to the Scotland Center for some counseling sessions Uh before returning home as a diversion was how I really first began to have contact with the population because some of those girls that were running away and being brought in for the counseling ended up being some of the first victims that I had contact with. At the same time, though, simultaneously in Alameda County, they had an agency looking into this issue, and the Scotland Center became part of, you know, that table of agencies that was looking into this issue. So I became aware that it wasn't just something we were seeing at the Scotland Center, but people were seeing it all over the city and county. So that was really, you know, my entry into even knowing that this was a big problem mm. um, in Alameda County or in the city of Oakland. A lot of people assume, since I'm a survivor of child sex trafficking, that that's why I got involved. 
but I only know I'm a survivor because I got involved and we begin to further define it and give it more language. Yes, yes. You know, I, I've had this uh, epiphany a couple of times where, and I just, you know, for me, I don't um, identify with um, sort of being motivated myself by my own trauma, right? What motivated right. me was the trauma that I saw others enduring. Yeah. And then I began to realize that I had right. so much in common with them, right? <laughs> it's funny how well, that happens. It's funny because that was like, and it's, so, it's so interesting because that's been how it's been all along. Like even when I went to the police station as a young victim myself for the first time, it wasn't to report the exploitation that had occurred against me, it was because I saw that same exploiter on the news and they had abused another child. So I was going just really to say the other child is telling the truth and I can prove it because it happened to me too, but I wasn't even then in full awareness Mm. of my own victimization. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's funny as I've come down this path, there's a few scenarios that I can think of that were exploitative in nature that I experienced. And, and I realized you know, this is why I know this so well, right? This is why, because, uh, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't, uh, I know that you, um, say that, you know, your survivor, your CSEC, um, and you, you've, you've owned that. I don't really designate that way. And maybe I will at some, you know, some sometime down the line, but I don't really, you know, I haven't really come to terms with that per se, but I have had some experiences that were, you know, exploitative where, you know, there was an exchange and, and, and even, even, you know, eight years now I'm into it. There are these epiphanies that you get and certain memories that come back and you go, Whoa, did that really happen? You know, wow. Is that what that was that, you know, so it's it. And I've heard this from so many people. I have one young lady that actually she's about my age and, and um, she's really, um, it's hitting her, you know, it's really hitting her that yeah. um, this, this has happened and it's and healing. You know, one, of the I, one, of, one of the takeaways I've, I've gotten from that, you know, like now looking at the work that we do and how to impact, you know, just like training and, and, and whatnot is that whenever a kid has experienced sexual abuse. Yeah. Because those kids usually are the ones that go on to experience sexual exploitation. Mm-hmm. We should always ask them, if anyone gives you anything, yes. even if it's a five-year-old, right? Sexually abused, we should never not consider asking them, "Were you given anything at the time that you were being sexually abused?" Even if it's just a pack of Starburst, right? Because that's how the foundation begins to be built of the person not recognizing right. that there was this exchange happening because it starts so early on sometimes. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Nola. And see, and that for me, we're going to come back. We're going to talk when when you um, when I heard you speak, uh, there's something so powerful and unique about you um, because of the way in which you break things down and the reality of the, 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 you know, you, you shed light on things like that, a pack of Starbursts. People who are listening, their mind just blew up right now. I well, promise you. Know what's, you. What's, what's, what's so deep about that? There will be a grown woman who will be 30 years old who was sexually abused at five and held on to that trauma their whole damn life because someone gave them a pack of Starburst and guilt lodged and shame lodged somewhere deep in their heart that prevented them from ever coming forward. That's true. And we have to break the silence around this. That's like, you true. You are not guilty because you took a pack of Starburst at five. That's right. 
That's right. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, We are listening to Nola Brantley from Nola Brantley Speaks, and thank you so much. Uh, We will be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, we're in the studio just uh, having a great discussion here with Nola Brantley, founder and CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. Uh, In our last segment, we talked about what led uh, Nola to the fight against human trafficking and her role uh, in the early days as the executive director and co-founder of Missy. And we are one of the things that I wanted to touch on. So we, we reflected quite a, a little bit on how it is that we come to know our own trauma, how it is that we come into sort of a realization that we identify with this issue of human trafficking or abuse um, uh, because maybe there's something that we've personally experienced. I wanted to ask you, um, so one of the things that you've done in the last few years and that's so um, just uh, awesome is the um, Nola Brantley Speaks a training 60,000 professionals and specifically you've been uh, focused on um, probation, correct? For the, throughout the state. Um, probation and the Department of Children and Family Services. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about what you've been doing there, because I got to believe that there's some more aha moments that you're stumbling upon as you do that. Yeah, there are. So what we've been doing for the past couple of years here is we've been going across the state using a survivor clinician training model that we created at Nola Brantley Speaks, which means we have a survivor of the commercial sex industry paired up with a clinician or psychologist, and they provide a two-day training that, um, you know, aims to increase individuals' knowledge of trauma and ability to engage successfully with this population. And some of the greatest ahas we've had in providing these trainings is, number one, people cannot empower these children or families or even see what's going on when they're feeling so disempowered themselves. Right. So the first thing is that we have to spend some time empowering those who are in the positions, like our probation officers, social workers, teachers, nurses, doctors, like these individuals need a team of people that are steadily working to empower them too. And if we don't pay attention to that, 
than everything else that we're pouring into them in terms of skills or evidence-based practices or anything. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter because mm. they can't deliver it if they themselves are not taken care of, feeling empowered and, and, and reflective enough to know when and if they're causing further harm, which is the number one thing that none of them want to be doing, but can end up in that place if they're not practicing their own proper, not only self-care, like basic needs, but actually thriving in their own lives. Mm. And if they come from their own trauma history, which many professionals in those fields do, doing their continued healing work. Yeah. And we need to be paying special attention to that. And so we noticed in going out across the state, oftentimes we were looking into audience of professionals that we knew cared, but they looked a little bit too burnt out Mm. to really do the things we were expecting them to do in the training that we were delivering. So we tweaked the training once we recognized that after the first year to really create space during this. This is a two-day training. We really spend the first half of the first day all about looking at the professional's own, uh, you know, kind of profile of empowerment and of anchoring to their own purpose and of self-care and of all the things that we need to do to both stay healthy doing the work and also make sure we're not causing further harm. So that was one aha. But another big aha was how little people really understand the level of trauma that these children suffer from. Right. So I've had therapists come up to me after a two-day training to say, Thank you so much, Nola. I did not learn this much about trauma, like in getting my license as a therapist. Mm. And I'm horrified mm. to know that they went and got a license as a therapist, but did not know as, as, as enough trauma training that we just taught over two days. And we didn't even spend the whole two days just talking about trauma. Right. You so know, what's what, been concerning, but. Wow, well, been happy that they're there. What, what, what did you say to him when he, I was, I'm curious, what did you say to him when he, when he said that? Well, to be honest with you, yeah, I'm curious. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, this is why I couldn't get the help that I needed. Now yeah. I understand. <laughs> but I thought, not just to be rude, but like, if you weren't trained in this, you could have never helped me. Right. Exactly. And you would have needed to have actually more than what I'm giving you in this training to really be able to help me. Right. You know I mean? So it just helped me to under, in some ways as a survivor, it helped me to not judge myself as harshly. Like, oh, okay, so a lot of people don't understand this level of trauma, even those who are life therapists. And that's why it takes these people that suffer this level of trauma so long to recover. Yes. I'm being so good. I'm using good language. I'm so proud I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, too. <laughs> and, and, you I'm know, like, <laughs> I, know, I know you're being good. So, you know, what, one of the things that I, I, I really appreciate, too, is that, you know, you're able to see both sides of the coin. And that's really important because the fact that you hit the pause button and you said, hold on, we need some healing of the healer. We need some, you know, we need some empathy here for these, you know, these caseworkers and these probation officers that are seeing horrific caseloads. I mean, the stories that are in there. It's like human beings too, and many of them were only motivated to do such hard work because they have some personal connection to it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, who who really wants to do this kind of work unless they have some? uh, They've seen something in their own personal life, and so if that's not fully worked out, and even if it is, if you load on twenty, thirty, sixty cases of someone, sixty people have been raped. That's depressing all by itself. 
Now they're children, they're babies, and you and you're trying to navigate bureaucratic systems to get them care. It's gotta be. It's got to be debilitating. Like I know one one oh, yeah, one caseworker is uh, that comes uh, Lynn Lennon. She is a, a deaconess in our church, and she also works for uh, CPS. And um, sometimes I see her, and I just think, my goodness, I got to pray for her because the the oh, yeah, load. No, it's not easy for them, but you know what I, I try to do in our, our training is we recognize it's not easy, but we also challenge them. Yeah. Just to say, it's not easy for you, but imagine how hard it is for this damn traumatized kid or family that sees you as their lifeline and you're so disempowered yourself. Right. So we really challenge them, like, if this is really where your heart's at and you want to stay doing this work, don't further damage yourself and don't harm other people. You've got to be vigilant about your self-care and your self-healing so you can do this work from a place of empowerment. So that's that's really well-received. The information around trauma, people really uh, appreciate that information. And a comment that I get consistently is they just appreciate the model of the survivor and the clinician and the realness mm. that the kind of the, the lived experience expert is able to bring. I have people say regularly that they've been to in the, their department or in their position for 20 or 30 years, and it's the, the realest training they've ever had where they really, you know, can get the information and apply it to exactly what's happening, you know, with this population right now. And so I think it's really, you know, um, been refreshing to see people really, you know, wanting to help this population, but, you know, struggling, but really wanting to help. Yes, yes. So a, a couple of things I'd love to go dig into is as you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about Missy is the incorporation of and the hiring of survivors in the spa in particular in various roles. Right. And 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 yeah. I know that it's not been without struggle. Right. To do that, because no. uh, the, there are those traumas that are there that really are not lining up with a professional, you know, nine to five, be here on time, you know, dress this yeah. way, don't behave that way kind of culture that we have here. And so certainly not with corporate America. Right. So I want to talk a little bit. We're going to take a break, but I want to talk a little bit about um, does that come up at all? You know, the the people that you're working with, they have to prepare a young person to to for employment. Right. For entering the workforce and for, uh, you know, meeting the needs of their family. They may be getting ready to age out of a, you know, of of a TAY program or, um, you know, they may be in foster care needing to work, things like that. How uh, how have you yourself or the the companies that you've, you know, been affiliated with and or launched? How have they been addressing this issue of hiring survivors and equipping survivors to be as successful as possible? possible on the job. We're going to come right back and hear from Nola. And I want to thank you all for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. 
My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Nola Brantley. She is the founder and CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. She's also Love Never Fails Advisory Board member and a co-founder of Missy. She uh, and I have been chatting quite a bit about how uh, you know we need to infuse the community with more training as it relates to what is how does trauma what does trauma look like? How do I work with someone who's highly traumatized? How do I provide myself the right kind? Kind of self-care in order to be available and, and effective uh, with survivors. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, comes up is as we look at possibly hiring survivors in, 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 in corporate America or in businesses, uh, there are certain things that uh, we need to be sensitive to. We need to be aware of. And Missy has, has actually done a lot of work in this space. Um, I, and, and you also now in, with Nola Brantley Speaks, you said you've hired a survivor and a clinician to do your curriculum. So tell us about how, you know, what are some best practices or things that people should be thinking about as they uh, consider this? Okay. So I definitely can speak to this because I, have made a lot of mistakes in this area, and I, I feel like I've gotten to a really good place with it now. Do Nola Brantley Speaks, and I actually have a team of clinicians and survivors. Mm. So there's probably about six or seven uh, of the trainers that are survivors and then six or seven that are clinicians. So now I have, like, a solid team of survivors. But I think in the beginning it started off really rocky because I was, you know, we were struggling just as an organization. Missy was new. There wasn't a lot of other programs around to look to, you know, for recommendations or advice. And so I just wanted to give survivors a chance to sustain themselves, to right. be really honest, and yes. to be a good example to other individuals that were trying to get out. I didn't really think too far past that. So yeah. in the beginning, you know, I was putting survivors, like, as the drop-in center coordinator for the spa. Right. And, and they were that, that was their position alone by themselves. It was also a small organization that couldn't afford a second position in the drop-in center. So it was about organizational structure at the time, as well as just not knowing as much. So I don't think that was good. We were putting survivors in positions that they probably weren't ready for yet to be in just by themselves. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's good to put survivors in positions just because they need a job. Right. Yes, I, I agree. People need a job, you know, and that's part of the reason why I did it. Like, wait a minute, we're talking all, all this talk, but we need to give these girls away. Exactly. To yep. And so that was my motivation. It came from the right place. However, the positions that the girls were put in weren't the right position. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had brought girls in in the beginning and said, we're going to teach girls some, some skills on kind of how to answer the phones, you know, maybe how to help out with things in the office, starting them off in a position that required less responsibility, not needing to interact with other uh Victims and survivors that were just coming out of the out of, out of the, the life that were still highly traumatized while they while they were still trying to figure out their own trauma, you know what I mean? So it's really about number one the positions we put them in. Right. It's also about number two whether or not we train them for those positions. Right. Do we just put them in the position because they're a survivor? Because if we do, we already know we're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Or do we put them in the position because 
they're a survivor that has the skills or because we're an organization that's dedicated to helping them gain those skills. Right. You know, because if that's not the case, then we shouldn't just have a survivor in a position because they're a survivor. Being a survivor just means you survived your trauma. It doesn't qualify you to do any job but survive, not even live and thrive, just survive. Right. You know what I mean? So if you're committed to training them as an organization, then, of course, you can take any individual, including a survivor, that that has the will and the ability, and you can train them into a position. Or if somebody comes with a certain skill set of transferable skills from their previous life, you can apply that to a new position. But if neither one of those apply and you're just putting someone in a position because you know they need work and they're a survivor and that's a horrible idea, number one, most likely it's going to set them up to not be successful in that position because they'll be in over their head. And number two, it gives them an unrealistic expectation about what it looks like to get a, a, a position of employment. Right. So I'll say that about bringing survivors on, right? Yep. But once we bring them on, then if we do bring a survivor on to be in a position, first of all, we should be looking at every employee as an individual and considering that every human being may have some individual needs and circumstances, and survivors are no different. Mm-hmm. They're just known survivors. We don't know if other people on our staff haven't survived horrible things. Right. You know, so we should not be treating survivors special once we do bring them on. They should be held to the same standard as everybody else within reason of considering individuals, including survivors, but not limited to. Mm-hmm. So we can't bring them into positions and let them be late every day and let them do all these things. And we're like, well, you know, they used to be in the life. They used to be on the street. Well, yeah, but they're not anymore. Yes. And, in, and, and it means that they lose a job, but that's part of the learning process. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're horrible people or like, oh, now they're going to, they lost that position because they can't be on time because they used to be in the street. It will be part of their learning curve to know, oh, wow, I had a really good position and I lost it because I couldn't be on time. That's a sign to let me know part of having a good position is timeliness. Being on time. And then hopefully mm-hmm. they will be afforded other opportunities in our community as we embrace them and recognize that part of their healing is tied into their sustainability. Right. And I think for me, where, where, where I have seen the biggest success is in the training, right? When we take people through the IT Academy, they have to show up on time. They have to show up for yeah, class. And so that sh- kind of vets out the people that are not going to be able to be successful in corporate America. Because as much as I love the young women and young men that I serve, there is someone that is could care less that is going to hire I, them. Everyone's not going into corporate America, though. You know how many survive. So many of the survivors that I know that are successful right now. Yeah. To be honest with you, they're entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. They yep. found a way. They found a way to do their own thing in some way or another, but they still have to get some skills. Right. They're not entrepreneurs that are just t- taking their skills straight from the street. Right. I can think of one young lady. She's um she's from Oakland, and um, her name is Monica. She's an awesome young lady. And if anyone wants to follow up on how to get paid, um treats from her business, just let me know, mm-hmm. because she makes some wonderful, like, the, the chocolate strawberries, Elmo mm. for baby showers, for oh, birthday parties. Cool. She's a survivor leader from here in Oakland. You know, she she's a wonderful mother and community member, and she's found a way to not be in corporate America, because maybe that didn't work for her. Right. You know, and instead, but she still finds a way to sustain herself. She also yes. has a little on- online boutique. And a boutique, a storefront here in Oakland where she sells clothes for young people and whatnot. So, you know, some survivors will enter corporate America and programs like that. You are so right. 
it will be able to identify those who will be able to to make it in, in, in those positions. Right. And then others will, will have to look at a continuum of opportunities for individuals in our community. That's right. I'm we need a variety. Person, Absolutely. But I still have a great life. That's right. And you know what? And, and to be honest with you, uh, corporate America would not have worked for me if I had if, if, if my company wasn't the kind of company that would have allowed me to work from home because of because of the traumas that I had experienced. <laughs> Um, I didn't have a lot of family support, and so there wasn't a lot of uh, ability to help my children, right, when yeah. different things yeah. were happening. Right, yeah. and so, and then when you don't have grandparents and you don't have people, you know, sitting around nearby, uh, you, you you know, you're out of luck. So, so there's, like you said, there's so many different configurations, and, and we do need to make spaces and make, you know, uh, pathways, and if you will. considering stuff for employees anyways. If we have employees that are single moms or single dads, you know, we can, as HR, HR people, managers, supervisors, human beings, we need to be considering that with individuals anyways. That's survivor right. Survivor or non-survivor. That's right. And we need to teach survivors and empower them to know you deserve to work at companies that, that will consider you as a human being and just don't use your body as a robot. That's right. Yeah, because there's a lot of different types of exploitation. Hello, somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> you Absolutely. know? So, you know, I often even, you know, there's a totally different direction, but sometimes I think about the sports arena and, and you know, of course, people are being paid billions and millions at the top, but there's a bunch of people in the middle there that, you know, that it's just all about your muscularity, what you can bring well, yeah, to the table. We don't want them to go from the commercial sex industry to corporate America or even to entrepreneurship and just continue to be exploited. No matter where they're at, where they're at. we want them to know that people should value them as human beings yep. and should look at them as whole people. Right. You know, and as a whole person, you're more than just a worker. You Correct. may also be a mother. You may also be an individual that needs to work one day a week from home. That's right. Yes. Amen. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a break. I want to, <laughs> I want to come back um, from the break and hear about what you're doing with Nola Brantley Speaks. Where are you going? Where are you taking things? Um, and thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. 
And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We're in the studio today with Nola Brantley, and she is the founder and CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. Uh, So one of the things that I want to talk about, because I know you're doing some new things with Nola Brantley Speaks, is just kind of highlight where are things going for you? So it has been such a wonderful journey to Nola Brantley Speaks. So what we are really doing now is we had focused a lot on the past, uh, in the previous years, on our CSEC 101 and 102 trainings, mm-hmm. and we feel like we have built a good foundation across the state with those trainings. We now want to zoom, zoom zoom in a little bit more on some specialized populations. So we just launched the full day training that we did for the first time this past Monday in Tulare County on Native Americans and the mm. commercial sex industry, where we look at the historical oppression of Native, Native Americans, and then we also look at their connection to the commercial sex industry. So that's been really awesome because, you know, that's a huge problem. We had over 5,000 missing Native women and girls last year in our country, and only about 120 of those cases were logged into the DOJ. So wow. we have, you know, a significant problem on our hands, and we want to address it. We're also launching a training this July and August on boys and the commercial sex industry, looking at boys both as victims, as potential buyers and sellers. So really beginning to broaden our lens and and look at boys too. And we also recently launched a new training on consent versus coercion. So really beginning to look at some of those behaviors that that occur way before kids enter the commercial sex industry that kind of set them up Mm. for for these situations. So really just expanding, you know, our training beyond the CSEC 101 and 102 to look at some specialty populations and some connecting topics. We also um, have a full-day training that we're doing on females and transgender females Mm -hmm. because that is a population that's at such a high risk. Transgender females are being murdered at high numbers brutally across our nation. And so just really being able to zone in now and say, yes, you know, girls are sex trafficked. And then also there are these other populations that we haven't been paying so much attention to, like boys, like Native Americans, like transgender youth. And so on the training side, that's really kind of how we're growing and shifting things. On another kind of uh, side of Nola Brownlee Speaks, I'm really kind of shifting towards some lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing trainings on professional health and happiness. Mm-hmm. And so we're continuing to do that. We started back in um, April, I believe, organizing monthly self-care hikes for healers and oh, nice. helpers and teachers in the community. And so mm-hmm. this June will be another hike that we'll be doing um, out in Malibu. We're going to do one in July out in Big Sur. And the one we did um, this month in May was in Pasadena, Upper Waterfall. It was really great. So, you know, I'm trying to build this uh, arm now of Nola Brantley Speaks that will really cultivate making sure that healers and teachers and helpers are are empowered and also taking care of themselves in ways that are intentional. And I want to create opportunities for that to happen. So just this past weekend, I went to a retreat up at multi-university. It's called 1440 Multiversity up in Scotts Valley near Santa Cruz, where they offer an array of classes on personal development and wellness and whatnot, and they have a beautiful facility where they have farm to um, table fresh food, and I was actually invited to become a facilitator, Mm -hmm. and so I want to take the professional health and happiness track up there and begin to pull some of our professionals from across the state 
out to that facility to begin to really invest in, you know, their self-reflection, anchoring to purpose and self-care work as a way to create more solid people, you know, out there to, to respond to these kids and their trauma. So it's really still the same goal, but I just want to come at it from different angles, Yeah, you know, and, and so just really looking at that. Nola Brownlee Speaks is also looking at how we can uh, consider uh, bringing other people to the table that are impacted by this issue, like sex buyers and individuals that we call exploiters or traffickers. Mm-hmm. We don't think we're going to solve the problem by just focusing on victims yeah. when there's other people that are impacted by the issue, too, that also have histories of trauma or other things that we need to address, you know, that have been cultivated in our culture. So we just really, again, on so many levels, we want to open this conversation up more. And so, you know, we're not going to build curriculum around that piece per se right now, but we want to see how we can just uh, motivate, instigate, you know, agitate, (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. we have to do to really open this conversation up. Yes. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, One of the young ladies that, um, is highlighted uh, on our protect videos and in, in our brochures is native American. And uh, she, um, she, you know, she's near and dear to my heart, she and her children. And she tells a story about how uh, uh, her exploiter came to her, um, her reservation in Montana and promised her a perfect life and took her to Oakland and, um, you know, just introduced her to, to sex trafficking there. She was an adult uh, then. I think she just turned 18. And she thought, it, you know, she was going for uh, the time of her life. And right. and then she was held on debt bondage there. You know, and you can't get back to Montana until you pay this off. And so it's, um, and this has really um, just terrorized her and her family this this the, these oh, experiences so many native families yeah and so many native families who already are coming from a legacy of being terrorized and systemically extinguished exactly. by our nation and it's not a secret it's not a conspiracy it's no. not a secret no nope. it's known it's a reality it's in yep. our history books yep. it's on our statues right exactly so, so i'm really, so really, glad yeah, you're really doing that yeah, that's why we're yeah. highlighting that population. And, you know, we have an annual conference every year where we bring a bunch of survivors together. Mm-hmm. And this year we had 125 survivors there. And of the 125, only three of them were Native women. And we had a breakout session at one point where we broke out into all these different groups. And one of the groups that they had to break out for was around Native women and girls. And of the 125 survivors there, the only survivors that went to that table were those three Native women. And wow. it broke my heart even some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it makes them feel like even within the movement, you know, no one yeah. cares about them but them. Right. Yeah. Which is which is so sad and and so yeah. not true. So not true. Them. I do, too. So and, you know, I'm I'm actually Blackfoot Indian, um, you know, Native and uh, Native American. And I I'm um, I'm I know very little about that, you know, part of my my lineage. Yeah. And and, you know, part of it is we've got to spend that time to. Um, even dig into, and I'm speaking specifically of the African American, you know, uh, population to spend that time to realize that we have this, you know, Native Americans, uh, you know, and African Americans, right? Um, we're definitely yeah, I mean, there was connected. Yeah, there were over 25 Native, Native, different Native tribes in the United States. They're right. the most multilingual uh, uh, people that we've ever seen. If yeah. They had more languages than most Native tribes than they have in all of Europe. Right. So, you know, it's Such a so rich culture. Because yeah. it wasn't just Native Americans. It was all these different tribes with different cultures and values that were systemically destroyed. Yes. 
Yeah, so um, it's it's an area we need to learn more about, and if nothing more, just realizing that, you know, as with anyone, this is a child of God. This is this is a this is a person that Humanity, needs to be focused exactly. on. Yeah, so. and that's for everyone. You yep. know, Jesus died on the cross for us all, not just for the kids who are sex trafficked. Yep. Also for those who buy them. Yep. And also for those who sell them. There, so you you take all of it, or you take none of it. That's you right. Even Jesus. Yep. And you believe he's out on the cross for your sin. Right. I know we can't be so arrogant as to think it was for our sin alone. Right. Us and our friends. Right. And the people that we feel sorry for. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Ooh, yes. That would be true, though. Yeah, no, it would. So yeah. That's why I want to broaden the conversation, really, in that spirit. I of, love that. You know, we, we have to broaden the conversation. I love that. And I love the lifestyle. I love the professional health and happiness. You're perfect for that. Um, getting no, people out hiking yeah. and, you know, getting that, just getting out into the outdoors. I, I've seen some of your posts on yes, Facebook and just feeling. nature. Oh, I love trees. And, you know, I, was, I had the opportunity um, just this past weekend to touch and spend some time with a 1200 year old redwood. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, it sounds so, it sounds so, I don't know. I don't know. It just sounds so weird, right? You know, I love trees. Oh, we're spending time with the redwood. But guys, whoever's listening, seriously, you feel overwhelmed, you feel stressed, literally take a walk and away from buildings where there's just water oh, yeah, and trees. You if you're not doing it. If yeah. you haven't spent time with the tree lately, it, you know that what we're saying is life. <laughs> Go hug a tree. You'll feel better. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about events that you can where you can join myself and also Nola in the community. And thank you so much for listening to Love Number Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back. You are listening to Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, we have had just a wonderful time talking with Nola Brantley, uh, founder and CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. And so thank you so much for being on the show, Nola. Thank you for your mentorship, your just uh, your your gift of who you are to our community at large. Thank you again for all that you do. 
thank you for having me and thank you for loving on me. Absolutely. We love you. So you have some things going on in the community. I do. And you can find any of these events listed on either the NOLA Brantley Speaks website, which is nolabrantleyspeaks.org, or you can just go on to the NOLA Brantley Speaks Eventbrite page. So you can always just Google Eventbrite and NOLA Brantley Speaks, and then that page will pop up. So we have actually one more CSEC 102 training taking place this week, and that's going to be in Nevada County, and that's going to be on May 23rd and 24th. That's a free training. There are still spots available. It's going to be in Truckee at the Tahoe Forest Church, actually. We like to partner with churches in the community um, to hold these trainings. So if anyone's in that area, that is one opportunity. There will also be another CSEC 102 training um, next week on Tuesday, May 28th and 29th. And that will be at the CASA office on Mission Street in San Francisco. There's still some space available in that training. You can also find that on Eventbrite. And then on May 30th, we will be having May 30th and 31st. We have another CSEC 102 training out in Southern California in Orange County. And that will also be at a CASA office at the CASA of Orange County in Santa Ana. They're also some great partners of ours. And then bouncing up to the first week of June on Monday, June 3rd and 4th, we'll be way up north out in the city of Eureka in Humboldt County, offering a two-day CSEC 102. And then I'll give you one more. On the first week of June, on June 3rd and 4th, we will additionally be in Lake County that day as well, offering a 102 training. And there's more trainings offered throughout the month of June in San Luis Obispo County, Placer County, Los Angeles County, Contra Costa County, Alpine County, but you can find those listed on the Eventbrite page. I would also mention that on August 26th, we are going to be holding a training in Los Angeles County on CSEC and boys. That's mm. on Eventbrite, and that is an event where you would need to purchase a ticket. The other events were free of, of charge, um, so you can go on Eventbrite and check out that event. We will also be having two CSEC 101 train-the-trainer trainings where you can learn our CSEC 101 curriculum and be equipped to provide that training out in your community. We kicked off the first one earlier this year. We had about 40 people, and they have already been out in the community providing those trainings to folks. We're going to have one on September 9th in Los Angeles, and we're also going to have one on October 14th in Alameda County, and those are also paid events. And they're both listed on Eventbrite as well. So we have a lot of things going on um, in the community that are coming up that are both free trainings as well as paid events. And so we definitely recommend folks go on there. Additionally, probably within the next couple of months, they can check the website for 1440 Multivarsity. And they will see um, Nola Brantley Speaks listed on there as faculty. And there should be a healing retreat available that they can register for if they're interested. Awesome. Woo. That's awesome. I'm going to check some of those out myself. That That is wonderful. Okay. A couple other things we have on June 1st, we are going to join into the We Run Oakland for Our Children uh, run uh, against human Yay. trafficking. So we'll have a, a table there from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. We also they were announcing that event at my San Francisco training. Yes. Yay. Yeah. It's going to be really cool um, and, and great self-care, as a matter of fact. So that's something. Uh, come on out 
and join us. You can register on our, our uh, website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. Uh, also, our Love My City Community Prayer. We're going to be uh, gathering in whatever city you're in on June 2nd, 4 p.m. Uh, or any time that you can make time that day. Uh, we just ask that you email prayer at loveneverfailsus.com so we know who's praying in agreement with us. A group of us are uh, likely be in San Ramon or Hayward that day. And then we also have our Love Never Fails Donor Appreciation Event. That's on August the 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. And we are going to uh, have that at our Love Never Fails Hayward location, which is 22580 Grand Street. That is also our community store. So come out and patronize the store. Uh, we yeah. do we support survivors. Uh, we employ survivors and other community members. That's right. So come on, uh, come on over and visit us. We also have a career closet there. If you know anyone who needs business attire, please send them our way. You can email Miguel at loveneverfailsus.com to schedule a fitting. Um, and then we have our class, our IT biz class. Second class, yes. they are graduating in June. We're going to have a graduation ceremony June, uh, the second week of June. And uh, again, we just thank you all for your support. We are a listener-supported organization. Uh, we ask that you would uh, uh, become a member. You can do that by love ne- by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate and becoming a member. And you can also do a one-time gift there to help keep us on the air and keep our houses running and whatnot. And, of course, I want to make sure that if you haven't heard it before, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.